When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to the kind of funny games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Gettys and I'm joined by the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hello, Timothy. I wonder when you're going to stop being the big daddy to me. Like, when is you being a dad going to stop being a novelty and then turn into just like a normal thing? Because it's definitely still a novelty. I hung out with you yesterday, went to your your house, hung out with you and with Jen and with Ben. It was a great time. Gia was there, too. Uh, I I can't believe how much this little potato has turned into like a, a a larger potato, but it's like it's now at that point where it's like maybe ten percent potato and ninety percent the smallest human I've ever seen. Sure, but like even saying that is doing a discredit to how large this little dude is. Thank you. Yes, he has quite the big head. Quite the big head. No, I was uh, you know it was heartwarming to see you know you and Gia have uh, been along for the ride, obviously, both in terms of uh, when uh, Jen was pregnant with Ben, and then of course seeing uh, Ben, you'd get your every I don't know month and a half. I felt check in for a little bit there, where we'd ride on out and say hey and have breakfast or whatever. And so the last time you saw him, yeah, he was still very potato like. And then to watch your reaction to him pulling himself up on the couch. And like actually interacting and grabbing your mouse and putting it in his his mouth and then laying his head on it on the couch and looking at you and babbling at you is great. Yeah, Andy, I gotta tell you. I mean, you've known Greg a long time, of course. We have the Nitro Rifle, Greg. Andy Cortez. Hey, hey everybody, I have my AC on, so I'm muting myself. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know Greg, and you've known him for a long time. Where he is the most germaphobic motherfucker in the world, with good reason, right? He's trying to be safe and all that stuff. I was he's ahead of COVID. This- I was ahead of it for a long yeah, time. I, exactly. But you guys, you guys are oh, now I got to start Ooh. washing my hands. I was washing my hands long before this. Exactly. Greg Miller, known for one thing, washing his hands. Uh, but the where we're at now in in the state of the world with this baby, and he said this on a KF podcast or something recently, but like his level of fucks given for germs and stuff is so low and like i just like it's babies are just the most insane thing to me like here ben's just here licking the goddamn couch and i'm just like watching greg be like he just does that and i'm like not only are we getting growth from ben we're getting character development from greg miller you know, 30 There's only so much you can do existence. anymore. I can't stop the kid. He's got to get out there and do it. You know, mm-hmm. he drops the toy on the floor. You pick it up. You brush it on your leg. You give it right back to him. That's how it's got to it. be. Andy. That's how I don't like be. it. This is how it's got to be. The human It'll body be is amazing. It can do mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of the things it can do. Tim, did you see the video yesterday? Ran 13 <sighs> miles an hour. All right. Andy was shaking in his fucking boots when he woke up nine hours later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, just to be clear. There was a a sprint where you ran thirteen miles an hour. You did not run thirteen miles in an hour. You know what I no, mean? No, like, no, I feel no, like no. I ran thirteen miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. I see you're saying mm-hmm. MPH thirteen MPH. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. saw it. They saw the video. Twitter.com slash game over Greggy. And that's me pushing a sled. You know what I mean? I'm out there fucking digging deep in the combine, Andy. Wait till you see what I can I do. Don't know. Greg, I, mean, I was in jeans too. Greg, I, I think you're being humble because what I'm seeing right here is that you actually hit 147 yeah. pH yeah. right there. Well, that might wow. be doctored. You know what I mean? It might be doctored, but it might not be. I don't it know. I don't, I don't think a Corey Cutney gift has ever lied to me, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume it's that it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was 
honestly kind of shook by it. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Is that thing when you gave back your response was the in anime voice? He's supposed to get. He's supposed to get slower as he gets older. Like impossible. Seeing as how you There's didn't no mean to turn around and dunk it on me, I was like, oh, this actually shook him. This actually got him. I, it got up. me, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I can't lie. That was very impressive. And, and I that was think- in jeans pushing the sled. I get out there in my athletic wear, Tim. I'm in my my skin tight bike. You're going 14, 15, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I love that. I have no idea. Like I've never. I didn't even realize that would catch someone running. Like I thought it was sure. very specifically like cars and shit. So well, when I'm you're as big as a truck, <laughs> got it, got it. There is that. So maybe Andy, do you think you would even like qualify for the the radar here? I don't know if it'd be able to pick me up. Yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, like little stealth bombers that flies into the radar. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, anyways, one day I'm sure we're gonna do the the race between Greg Miller and Andy Cortez. But today is not that day. Today is the day that we do the kind of funny games cast, and we do this each and every week right here on YouTube youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com you could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast it will be right there for you of course if you wanted to go above and beyond right greg yeah thank you thank you exactly patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where you want to be if you go there you can be a patreon producer like fargo brady delaney twinning james hastings and casey andrew and you can get the show ad free you can watch live as it's being recorded and get the exclusive post show just for you uh if you don't have bucks to toss our way on patreon that's totally cool if you're out there buying video games on the epic game store make sure you use our epic creator code kind of funny and you don't have to spend a single extra cent and extra cents go to us it's fantastic it helps everybody you get video games we get money hey uh but if you don't want to do any of that i have other ways that you can spend money on us you can go to kindoffunny.com slash store barrett can you bring up the twitter link for this we have the new tropical collection of the kind of funny merchandise out for your perusal right now everybody four different colors on these shirts we got beach towels we got sunglasses we have these little pins that you can put on your hat it's crazy we have everything you could ever want isn't that right andy yes tim yes which what do you want andy (laughs) i want the the one with the color fade i like that on the left side Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny.com slash store. You can vote with your wallet. Let us know which ones you want. I want the anyway, and the sunglasses. Enough of that stuff. I, I have a grievance. And the Porty merch. I have a grievance with you, gentlemen. Okay. Porty merch is being it- restocked. Being restocked, Greg. Sure. Well, it's just I you guys keep playing the shell game with it where it's at Tim's house and then it's at the studio, but no one tells me where it is. So I'm bopping around trying to find this stuff. It's just, it's gone. You know what I mean? It's bopping around all over. You know the what place. I mean? Yeah, I fucking uh, put this dog on the map. I can't even get a shirt or hat. You <laughs> want the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big problem. Uh, I got a big problem with you, okay, Greg and Andy Me? and Blessing too. You what? know, last week. Oh, here we go. I wasn't on the kind of funny games cast. You guys did a topic called "Are You Still in Love with the Nintendo Switch?" Yeah, that's right. All right, we thought maybe we could get an unbiased opinion for once on the games cast about the Switch. If you weren't here, let me go. Now, you totally love it. Here's the thing: I didn't listen to the episode. I didn't watch it at all. I don't know. I don't know what you said. I just assumed y'all said a bunch of bullshit. So I just want everyone out there to know if they said a bunch of bullshit, fuck these guys. They don't know what they're talking about. The Nintendo Switch, specifically the OLED edition, is fantastic. It is utterly awesome and arguably better than it's ever been. And I understand that's an argument. I understand. But you know what? I can make that argument pretty well, Greg. Pretty damn well. Guess what? 
It's like we're gonna get, yeah, we're gonna get Wind Waker one day. It's gonna happen. That's what we're looking for. Can't wait. Thing. But anyways, I uh, I hope that you guys had nothing but nice things to say. But if you just had your bullshit, then hey, pretend I'm one of those internet commenters, okay? They were all we did pretend. We I knew you'd be an internet commenter on that video, so I was mm-hmm. speaking to you when I said that you know old old gadget is old, old toys old, you know. Yeah. There's what yeah. I like to call a Looks new great. world order right now in Woo! the world of handhelds. All right, yeah. and it's right here, Tim. Mm. Right. I can How are the black on levels it? on I that? Can emulate it. What? Mm. How are the black levels on that thing? Uh, how are the games on it? Huh? Huh? Ah, we'll get to that. Shit, you we'll get, get to that. Goddamn week later, everybody. Let's get into some video games. Cuphead, the delicious last course, is finally out. It came out last week, and I've beat it. Andy's beat it. Barrett's beat it. I doubt Craig's touched it. Have but I want to start <laughs> with you, actually, Andy Cortez. Barrett and I, obviously, big Cuphead fans. We've been playing Cuphead for years, talking about it. I'm very proud that I beat it. I'm not that good of a gamer, but this is something that I'm like, I need to beat this game because of the quality of it all. I, I owe it to them. You are newer to the Cuphead scene. I know you beat the first game uh, recently on your streams, and now you beat the DLC. What are your thoughts? Absolutely loved it. It was a treat. I loved the variety in boss fights i thought that it was just short enough but also for eight bucks like that's kind of a banger of a deal and i think you're getting a lot of the value in the fact that it's probably going to take you a while to beat uh this dlc um but having that sort of secret uh boss to go after was pretty neat i loved the uh moves that uh miss chalice brings in her sort of move set i preferred a lot more to cuphead um because I, I always felt that whenever I wanted a parry, it needed to be a dash into the parry. Or in, into that, you know, actually, no, that works. I was like, that's not what it is, Annie. But no, that's exactly what it is. You in need cup, one move before the parry. You either when, need a jump before the parry or a dash before the parry. Correct. When you are when you are parrying a move in the game Cuphead, Greg, there's always like uh-huh. a pink thing flying at you, a projectile. Uh, there's always a bunch of shitty projectiles flying at you, but the pink ones are the ones that you can parry and they add to your ultimate bar quicker. They help you build that a lot faster. And when you were playing as Cuphead, you needed to jump and then hit the parry button. And it always just felt like it was a bit too dangerous because your body would get propelled up a bit. It just always felt like I wanted to dash into it. Give me just like, let me just fly in horizontally to the item that I'm trying to get to in the world. And that's kind of what Miss Chalice's moveset is. My only problem with it, though, Tim, is that I wish Miss Chalice was not an added thing where you had to use a charm. I wish she was her own character. I understand that this is kind of the whole basis of the DLC, and there's really no DLC without that as a concept. But I wish Miss Chalice was her own character. And, you know, you can take away the invincible dodge that she has because she has a lot of things that kind of make her an easier character to play. I just kind of like the horizontal dash and the horizontal parry. Like, just give me a character with that moveset. I'm totally fine. I don't need the other, the double jump or anything like that. Um, I just love the, uh, I love the kinetic nature of getting around as her uh, across the screen. It just feels a lot more fun, a lot more fluid. So this is like the exact sort of play style I was hoping to to see from Cuphead. Um, super fun. I thought. One of the boss fights was just really fucking annoying. The one that turns on its side, um, really just aggravating. It, it it gets to a point, Greg, where like suddenly you're walking on the right side of the wall, uh-huh. and left becomes down, and Oof. right becomes up. 
and I'm having to turn my head. No, thanks. And you can change up the control scheme, but you're still looking at it weird. It it was just really kind of an annoying gimmick that I, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Um, but as, as far as that goes, I think that the secret boss had one of the coolest sort of boss gimmicks that there has been in a Cuphead game. I really appreciated the additions there and making that really unique. And I kind of wish it wasn't a secret boss. I wish it was just one of the core things because I think it was... I think the mechanics there were just really dope where there's a devil on one side, Greg, and a uh-huh. angel on the right side. And okay. you're always fa- whichever way you're facing, that's where the angel pops up. If you turn your back to the other way, the devil's going to be behind you. Gotcha. The devil's uh, uh, always other, there, or vi- vice versa, way, sorry, yeah. vice versa. Yeah, flip that around. So, all of the projectiles that the devil is sending you they are things you need to avoid, but if you flip to the other side, that projectile won't hurt you. It's a blank nothing that is now sent from the angel. It's really hard to describe, really hard uh, for audio listeners to understand what the fuck I'm talking about. But I but just think cool that this hell. I think this fight was just really geniusly built, and it was difficult and challenging. And I love how every Cuphead level, I like. I want to start an award show where it's just like the one extra bullshit. <laughs> and in this the one extra bullshit I'd like to present this award to the lightning underneath the cloud. That's God, the one yeah. extra piece of bullshit. <laughs> in every cuphead level, there's always one extra element that you're like, fuck off with this one thing. And in this case, it's the lightning underneath the cloud. But I really genuinely enjoyed my time with it. I, I think for eight bucks, it's an absolute uh super good deal. Uh and the animations, goddamn, they it got really creepy at times, and I just thought they absolutely knocked it out of the park. I'm right there with you. I don't think it's any surprise, but I am absolutely enamored with this DLC. It is totally worth the wait. Uh, This is one of those rare instances where I think that uh, what uh, Studio MDHR has with Cuphead, what Naughty Dog has with their games, what the Nintendo EAD team that works on Mario Odyssey, there's just like a secret sauce to that stuff that I legitimately wish that we could get it every year like i wish that they that these teams could produce something of this quality at that rate because it's impossible for sure but it is so clear how much love and care is put into all these things and how much fun i have with these type of experiences and with the dlc here i love that they really doubled down on wanting to make every single boss fight have something special about it in addition to the levels of animation that i think have been kind of unseen so far in the the core game at least and like i was so impressed in 2018 with the first game with all the bosses in it but here i just feel like there is such a and we got it a little bit at summer game fest when i got to play the the one boss where you're in the little igloo type thing and you eventually get out i was so impressed with the verticality but uh yeah thank you barry for bringing it up here um but i was surprised at how consistently they relied on change-ups and shake-ups in in the boss fights where each of the phases felt like they were all part of the same fight but then were consistently throwing something new at us that felt organic to the battle we were actually in i feel like the the balance of boss fights in terms of pacing per fight themselves but then also the back-to-back nature of this dlc is probably the strongest of any single island we've had in cuphead so far and in the original game there's three main islands and this is essentially the fourth island and it feels like the longest island uh, in terms of amount of content on it um but even just like little decisions like instead of every uh every fight just being like a fight to the death and in the first game there was either uh, straight up cuphead battle like platformer style or it'd be more of a shoot 'em up like airplane thing uh in 
And then outside of that, there was like the run and gun levels that are a little bit more like traditional 2D platformer stuff. And I, I feel like most people would agree those were the weakest parts of the original game. Um, still a lot of fun to be had and a lot of like great um, opportunity to have really fun animations and, and fun things happen that you don't get from the core game. But it's clear that the, the mechanics of the controls weren't created for 2D platforming. And I think that stuff was added because everyone assumed from looking at the game originally that it was a 2d platformer that just ended with boss fights like every level ended with the boss fight whereas no 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 the boss fights are the gameplay itself and i think this dlc uh made a really wise call to cut those entirely and instead add these like parry fights where there'd be a bunch of different fights like you're looking at here where you are stripped of your weapons metroid style you don't get any of your abilities or any of that stuff uh all you have is your parry so you need to kind of like learn the patterns of the the different boss characters uh in this case they're all chess themed you kind of go through working your way all the way up to the the queen um and well, you, more could have you to, ask for tim honestly ex exactly this is exactly. the new chess this, this is, is chess yeah. too yeah, yeah chess too add, add a dodge and parry for andy that's all he needs um <laughs> but i i think i thought it was like the right way to kind of break up the monotony of the gameplay just being the same thing over and over and i thought there was a lot of create creative uses of teaching you to use the parry that make you better in your boss fights that you're going back to to face some characters that like I was facing for the very first time, but all of a sudden I felt a little more comfortable with my with my parry and with my abilities. And on top of that, doing those chess fights gets you more coins that allows you to buy the new weapons or buy the new um, abilities and things. And I just feel like the pacing of this DLC was immaculate. Like I felt like I was constantly rewarded. Uh, I felt like I wasn't hitting a point that I'm like because in the original Cuphead there was m at least one point per island where I'd be like, ah, in my first playthrough, I, I, I'm stumped on this boss. I'm going to go to this next one. Oh, I'm stumped on this one too. I really need two more coins. If I could only get this new ability, I'm sure it would help me. And I feel like with this one, I was constantly getting the thing I wanted to be able to go back. Um, and it really resulted in, we, we played on stream for three hours last week and um, I got pretty far in it, but I, I had two more sittings with the game before I beat it. And it just felt like a great amount of playtime uh, for a first time playthrough of it all and also i am so motivated to want to go back and get better scores and better ranks and all that on everything but to andy's point i think what this dlc does best is have chalice be such a different play style than cuphead and mugman who in the previous games played identically like you there is no difference between them but having her the way her parry uh, functions is completely different she has the double jump she has an extra hit point um i i think that they clearly didn't allow you to change her extra uh charms and stuff because she kind of is such a set character herself they designed the playstyles around her but i'm impressed by how versatile the boss fights are in terms of if, whether you're playing as chalice or cuphead or mugman you still have an equal chance to beat them and i like you andy liked chalice's playstyle, which i was surprised by i'm so used to playing as the originals that i thought switching over to her was going to be like not something that i'm interested in like we've talked about before with things like shovel knight where the plague knight dlc fundamentally changed the way it felt and it just didn't feel right but playing through this i like how i started thinking of chalice more as a loadout as opposed to a different character and then i started being like all right i'm gonna try this boss 10 times now i'm gonna switch over to chalice and see how it goes and i love that it was never always the answer to switch to her but I always was like, okay, cool. I'm learning a little bit about my options here. So then sometimes I switch back to Mugman, then beat it. Sometimes I was like, oh, Chalice is the way to go. And like the final boss has some moments where I was like, oh, her parry actually is not the one I want to be doing. 
for the way that this boss works with the verticality. Their so strategy. I'm going to switch back to, to Cuphead and, and try it there. And I liked that. I liked uh, going back and forth between the different play styles and it never quite clicking for me. Like there is that moment of, oh shit, I can't do that with her. I can't do it with them, whatever it is. But I feel like they it built really well where it allowed me to have more different types of fun doing the things that I already knew I loved. Andy? The, this question will also be for Barrett. Um, but for you, Tim, whenever you would switch off of Chalice, what charm would were you defaulting to usually? I was surprised that in this DLC, I didn't have defaults. Um, I, I guess with the weapons, I did. I, I stuck a lot to the, I forget the name of it, but it's the red one that kind of homes to the enemies where like it shoots down and then goes and like shoots over to them. Uh, I found it just a better version of the homing weapon from the, the first one. And I, it oh, no, helped I, me out I, a lot. No, charm though. Like your um yeah. like your extra life or whatever. Were were you going for like an extra hit point or whatever? So that's what I'm saying is like I found like I had defaults in terms of weapons, but in terms of the charms, I was constantly switching them up. I don't think gotcha. that I had okay. anything that I just defaulted to. I would I would play the, the fight a couple times and be like, all right, you know what, this is gonna be helpful for this fight. And that's why I think this DLC is so impressive, is it was totally created knowing that uh a lot of people have beat this game multiple times over the last couple of years but then it also needs to be accessible to people coming in for the first time and that's why i think chalice kinds of makes it uh a really good this dlc is a great entry point to cuphead i think that it's, it's a nice contained thing that has a, a good balance of challenge but i think for people that have played it a whole bunch this one more so than the core game um with rare exceptions kind of motivated me to want to use different loadouts and different charms and different abilities depending on uh which boss i was facing and i think that's because of the focus on verticality where um sometimes i'm like oh you know what i want to parry more because of the the way this thing's moving up so i'm going to switch to cuphead and i'm going to uh do the the charm that gives you extra hp when you parry on your first third and sixth or whatever it is and i just i liked that i think that they did a good job kind of um creating the game around the the new abilities specifically uh for me andy i think typically with smoke bomb like uh the base game i i like having that invincibility while you're you're dashing um and for the record um i was not similar to you guys like uh really like going all in on uh miss chalice like i i, I remember playing as her a little bit on stream when we streamed together tim but after that, I, I really did not mess around with her a whole lot. I think I used her for some of the um, parry fights because I, I do feel like some of the parry fights were designed specifically with her in mind. Um, so that's like the only time I really went back to her is because I was like, oh, like the way this one's uh, kind of designed with like uh, this guy shooting the, the pink heads at you. I was like, there's just something about the way her uh, double jump and dash uh, work here that I, I felt like it was really designed with her in mind more so than the a lot of the other bosses you're um, out of I can't danger. imagine yeah, I can't imagine Comforter Mughead with doing those fights yeah it wasn't like it was that fight and then the the queen fight as well specifically like how her parry works I was like there's n I, I can't wrap my head around it just playing as like the base characters right um and so yeah it was typically smoke bomb I do remember for a couple of the fights I also equipped the the charm where um every first third and and fifth parry you get um uh, more health, and I think that was specifically for this aerial fight right here, the the literal dog fight that you had. Uh, you know, continued great wordplay here with uh, with the Cuphead game. Um, 
And so just because I knew like in phase three, like I, I need to have as much health as I possibly can uh, and, and stuff like that. So I, I would go over there a little bit, but I would, I would typically try to keep it to my base loadout, which was, you know, uh, basic uh, your basic pea shooter uh the the green you're homing. insane barrett i love you i, I know the, the green homing one and then um the the smoke bomb uh dash and then every once in a while i would also use the the crack shot which is the the one that you were talking about tim where it's like the mm-hmm. um uh, kind of normal red shooter that will also uh auto shoot to, yeah i switched to the crack shot once I heard that uh, Snowback Mike was popping off with it, because I didn't really know what it was, and I it wasn't in my shop year. I, I needed to buy something else in order for it to pop up, and then I switched to that. But for the most part, I'd say I went maybe 60-40 with the green homing and then the red crack shot uh, when I finally swapped over to that. And then my secondary was always the lobber. I was always mm, love the lobber. lobber. You love yeah. lobbing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. lobber is when you want to like make quick work of motherfuckers. Like that's mm-hmm. like the speed run weapon yeah. that everybody uses. I used it when I raced Barrett. It didn't help me, but <laughs> if you have the skill, then then it might help you a lot. Um, I I was really really happy with the the new bosses, the gimmicks and stuff. Like you were talking about not liking the switching of the the cameras for that plane flight, I plane flight boss level. I liked it for two reasons. One, the um getting to the 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 area on the world map and seeing the plane. I was like, okay, cool, we'll get another plane level. And then getting into it and being like, oh no, you're actually this is a, a traditional boss fight. I liked that kind of switch up. And then towards the end here, when this happened, it didn't last long enough to get annoying to me. And I just kind of realized, like, it, the less I move, the the better. And don't move. Focus, I, I, I enjoyed the switch up. I totally see what you're saying where it can get really annoying. But I am happy that they did it and they only did it for this one fight. Because there was other moments as well with some of the other bosses where they're like, there's some things I don't even want to spoil. But like little moments that are pretty early on that are just like, like very, very cool where you think one thing's going to happen and then something else happens. And I just appreciate that they kind of swung for it there. I got to imagine that that sequence on handheld on Switch was probably easier. <laughs> yeah. So do you usually I, I know you're usually playing this on PC. Are you are you doing mouse and keyboard for this, Andy? No, no, okay, no. Okay. Control. Just, just oh, God, no. <laughs> Wait, said it. Uh, Not a chance. Are you yeah, <laughs> in handheld, it wasn't too bad. The My only critique of that, because you and I, Andy, were kind of talking about this once we had both uh, got to this uh, dogfight where they're switching around the, the, the screens here. My only complaint was that um, the, the third time you flip, so when uh, the heads are kind of facing towards the, the right, um, here the, that that we're showing right here, the controls didn't flip how the controls felt when you first turn and you're the heads mm. are going to the left here. Like I, I forget like what exactly it was, but it didn't mirror that uh, uh, kind of a sequence there. So uh, at least control wise, that's what kind of got me where I was like, oh, to move uh, technically up and down, I gotta like uh, do a different um, kind of control screen. Right, which was, like, yeah. really confusing for me. Yeah, it, that that was the only thing. But once I had gotten to that phase, I had like that was I had only seen that part once, and I had beaten it by that time. Usually, my my struggle getting uh, beating that boss fight was having enough health just to survive in the the first moments of that third phase. Uh, but like Tim, like uh, once I got further into that phase, it, it was pretty quick work. Can you bring it back up for a second? 
There's one question I have for you guys. There's uh, when you're in this this shooty spinny part where they they start sending the the rays at you, um, yeah. where it's like diagonal here, right there, and then there's another diagonal, and then there's the the horizontal one that's pink. Can you parry that? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. anything pink. I, yeah, I just for some reason it, it kept, I kept trying it. It kept hitting me, and so I just gave up trying. But yeah, well, it's also timing. it's also a weird parry because you are horizontal, and that's you know chalice's parry is horizontal as well so it it would visually make a lot more sense to have cup heads parry where it is the jump and bounce yeah exactly um but i did it there yeah and it it worked for me i will say that i'd be interested to see how long it would take me to beat cuphead with just chalice playing the whole game because i'd say sounds like a good stream andy i'd say that this felt a lot tougher or this felt a lot easier i like i don't think i spent nearly as much time as i did on bosses that I, as i did in the full cuphead uh playthrough like with certain i'm ch- i'm thinking of like the maybe the circus level and the there's definitely a couple of robot there was definitely a couple of levels in cuphead that took you know almost an hour where here i was struggling for a bit but i'd get through a little bit quicker and i wonder if it maybe it's just the move set maybe it's um, my familiarity with it i'm not sure yeah I, I'm with you, and I think it's a combination of it being this new move set with Chalice does make it a little bit easier, and I think makes the play style a little bit more familiar to how other games function. And then on top of that, there is the familiarity with like you understand how this game works now, and like like yeah, great. Gripe- I think you're you're right there, and I know you've talked before, but this is when we were at SGF and you played this. You talked about the fact that this is supposed to make the game easier, but for me, it actually made it harder. Is mm-hmm. that the, and that's, I think, what you're driving at right now, right? That this control is less like Cuphead, more like other games in the genre or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I do think that uh, for people that found Cuphead, the base game, too difficult uh, in their first run throughs, you can now play as Miss Chalice for the entire game. And I, I would recommend that to people that gave up before. I, I don't necessarily think that Chalice is the way to play the game for the first time, um, but I also don't think it's not. Like I, I think that it's very well balanced, and like there are pros and cons. Like she doesn't jump as high; she has a double jump, but she doesn't jump as high with her base jump. Like it, everything does feel a little bit different, and the core game was designed around the balance of Cuphead and Mugman. So I I haven't really I haven't played any old level actually as uh, Miss Chalice yet. So I need to go back and do that. But um, I do think that it was a purposeful choice to make her play a style different enough that is more similar to different like other games that are in this this kind of style. Um, but I, I think do after think- playing a lot of Rogue Legacy 2 all year and also Chief just reminds me of the way Hollow Knight feels as well, that the double jump with the horizontal dash. So that is a lot more comfortable in my mind. Yeah, and uh, after SGF, I I was like, well, man, I don't know if I'm going to wrap my head around her. And I think that uh, outside of that boss fight, like getting kind of eased in with some of the other levels, like I'm way more comfortable now. And like that is like I I I was saying earlier, like I kind of think of her more as a loadout, which is how they present her even um, then as opposed to like, do I prefer her or the other guys? Like, I do think it's a case by case um battle by battle thing of which one i'd prefer to go into but um i do think that it's a great addition to the game especially to the core game and like andy was talking about the value of seven dollars i cannot believe how much you're getting here for the seven bucks like sure it's not a bazillion hours of new content but like the 
I don't know, probably five hours it took me to beat the whole thing. If and that's probably even generous a little bit, but um, I had a blast every single minute of that. And I want to keep going back and playing this. And when you look at it as the entire experience of the Cuphead core plus this, what a damn video game that is just packed full of like amazing high quality stuff that you're just not getting in other places like this is such a unique game i cannot wait to see what studio mdhr does next i hope that we get more cuphead forever even if it takes five years in between mm-hmm. i am totally okay with that mm-hmm. Andy? Cuphead forever. i will say my worry though is that you know how long did it take for this dlc to come out at I least mean, four years because i remember the this being at uh e3 2018 yeah i it, i'd say that's my only main worry obviously covid affected a lot of things but I think this is a great value for eight bucks, but it does kind of worry me knowing that this is what came out. And we don't know if this is all that that they were working on, but this is the product of four years and it's lovely, but man, it's like not a whole lot for four years. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe Cuphead 2 is also kind of in the works and that this is just something that maybe a smaller team is working on, but I've known that like this DLC has been taking forever. And then when it's finally getting announced, you're like, God damn, we reacted to this in 2018 or whatever. Um, it is kind of worrisome. Like just, you know that this pipeline takes so long to get done and this level of effort and level of, of artistry, it's, there's a lot of development hours behind it. And I, I, that's my only main worry is like, damn, this, I beat this in like two hours, two and a half hours. And this was four years of, of work. So that's kind of like the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about. We're doing a rare pickup where we're recording after we already recorded everything here to put this in here. We want to actually give our kind of funny review scale review of Cuphead, the delicious last course. Uh, Andy Cortez, what would you give it on the kind of funny scale, which is one to five, one being terrible, two being bad, three being okay, four being great, and five being amazing? Five out of five. (gasps) More amazing stuff from Studio MDHR, expanding uh, on the incredible formula they already have, and adding new mechanics with a new character. I think it's an absolute five out of five, no question. I am right there with you. It is a five out of five. Like I cannot give higher praises to the team, to the work that they've done, both the the core game and this DLC. I think it coming out so many years later after the original title and still feeling this fresh and this good and making me want to go back and replay the original game with the new character, I think is like the utmost compliment to what they did in terms of making sure that Miss Chalice played differently, but still equally as fun as the original character as well as the new weapons and all that stuff so definitely a five out of five for me barrett what would you give it i would also give it a five out of five mdhr just uh, continues to to prove that you know they will make us wait to you know deliver us the kind of the the perfection that they see in their heads right um and they they won't wait they won't give it a second sooner uh up until they actually like uh realize that in uh, the development process right um yeah the animations were stepped up the uh the twistiness of the boss fights i really dug uh even though you know some moments got frustrating uh i don't love miss uh, chalice as much as others but granted you know you don't have to play through the dlc as miss chalice so uh that's just more of like an added bonus uh like greg was saying it's like almost 
almost a, a loadout uh, almost. So, uh, yeah, I, I really was blown away by it. I know it's like a, a short like DLC uh, release, but as far as uh, this year goes, like it, at least for my personal like top 10, like this will be on there for uh, the year 2022. And, you know, I know you might respond of like, hey, Barrett, it's a it's it's not a full game. Well, it's my list. So I get to do what I, what yeah, I want. Yeah, shut it. up, nerd. So, yeah, I, I was really blown away by this. I can't wait to see what MDHR uh, pulls out next. It might be a long time until we see that. Uh, but it, I don't think there's it, a might about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just like if it's a Cuphead 2, if it's something else, I like I was saying, I think on uh, the last X-Cast, I hope it's something horror-focused. Uh, this, this, this DLC really proved that they can get really creepy with their animation yeah. style. And just like the we, – we talked about the secret boss. Like when you load into that, the um, – the what's the I keep forgetting the name of it the little the loading, hourglass the hourglass like how it's just straight up dead when you're loading into it and then getting into the, the I didn't devil. even notice that it's that's creepy. awesome it's creepy as hell Tim <laughs> and then getting into the actual like devil and angel fight and the the background to that uh the final boss the the, the entrance to the final boss is incredible it's so <laughs> creepy a lot of his facial animations like I I want to see them do something more horror focused in the same similar art style doesn't have to necessarily be cuphead because i don't know if they want to like fully lean into that with this ip but uh, that's something i would love to see in their future so yeah totally uh totally agree with y'all i think this is a, an amazing uh dlc release and definitely one of my favorite gaming experiences this year hey tim i know we're recording out of order and stuff so this is going to when you talk about cuphead right mm-hmm. if you hang out for the post show Yes, you can use the touchscreen on the Puzzle Quest on the Steam Deck, Jesus. but it's it's just not as accurate as the iPhone. That's still the best way to play. But right now, I plugged a mouse into my Steam Deck, and I'm doing it that way. And like, I'm not taking back some of the shit I'll talk in a few hours about the <laughs> Steam Deck, about, mm-hmm. about mouse and keyboard. But it's better for Puzzle Quest. So, Andy, yeah. here's what I want you to know. You're a fucking child for playing PC games with a mouse and keyboard. But Puzzle Quest with a mouse, I'm not against. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in a couple hours. This has been Greg to the future. Yeah, if you want to watch that post show for whatever reason, patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where you want to go. Great Tim. Come with me. It's about your kids. Your kids are assholes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was gonna segue into the ads, but I can't now. I can't now. So <laughs> we're just gonna now. Don't just we're now gonna cut, and we're gonna go back to what we originally said to segue because that's uh, what we do. You right? know kind what? You're an asshole too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now we need to talk a little bit more to get away from that. You know what <laughs> I mean, Andy? What'd you have for lunch today? We could just cut all of it. I had a salad actually. Yeah, no, yeah. confused. The baby Little baby carrots. Yeah, yeah. Little, different. Ba- you know, but this time baby carrots that aren't just big carrots cut short. That's my problem. I need a baby What's... carrot to be a little tiny carrot instead of a fat ass fucking carrot just shut cut no! short. Andy! Oh, so... <laughs> I was just about to, to pass back to past him. <laughs> but no. What are you gonna have for dinner now? Uh I'm gonna go I will say we do have some leftover pizza and the small pizza I ordered last night, pepperoni. Because Ooh. of the pepperoni uh, act that you Bones declared, it. so I'm just saying Ooh. that's uh, that's up on the table for you, Andy. So there Ooh. you go, some pepperoni pizza from a big pepperoni boy, Andy Cortez. Take it away, Tim. All right, now back to fast, Tim. 
I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and I know the Kind of Funny store at kindoffunny.com slash store uses Shopify to sell all our merch, including all those cool Portillo shirts you guys have been so great about supporting with. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. Shopify.com slash KF games. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's chime.com slash KF games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer. And now we're back. Greg. Hi. I, w- I want to take you off the bench for a bit. Uh, I-, I didn't ask. You didn't. You haven't played any Cuphead, right? Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know money yeah. about it. It's, it's just, you know, doesn't speak to me. Yep. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's fun. I understand why you guys like it. It's just not my kind of fun. Totally get it. But is Outriders World Slayer your type of fun? Of course it is. Outriders World Slayer, the new uh, expansion uh, for Outriders, of course, where you go to an icy version of it and fight a lady who's got all these weird-ass tentacles coming off of her. Uh, it's more Outriders. And I think, you know, uh, independently, Andy and I came to the same conclusion, right? Which is, man, Outriders is a fun game. And you kind of forgot about that, right, Andy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopping back into it was certainly not something I expected to do on as uh, on as much of a level as I did because I hopped in over the weekend and didn't really have a whole lot of uh, expectations. But I fell into the Fran Mirabella min maxing of everything, sure. Greg, and yeah. and I legitimately played until six in the morning. And then when I woke up, like you know, whatever, forty hours later. Um, I ended up playing more until I beat the DLC. Uh, but I wasn't just doing that. I was also playing uh, a couple of expeditions, trying to oh, solo sure. yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The DLC is to, super short. Trying yeah, to see how right difficult here. I could make the uh, the world tier of these certain expeditions I was doing to see how, you know, how can I solo this? Because I think that's, I find the fun in, like, how difficult can I make this and do it by myself without, you know, any additional help. Of course. And then, of course, you get better rewards, obviously, cranking that stuff up. Uh, Yeah, you know, Outriders uh, came and went. And, you know, I've talked about it before, so it's an old Greg story at this point. But stick with me. Where when it came and then it went, and then months later we were talking about it. I was like, oh, man, that came and went. That kind of sucks. And somebody in the chat watching live, one of the trogs, said something to the effect of, like, well, does it? Because that's what they wanted, right? We said we didn't want another games as a service. They said this isn't a games as a service. So everybody had their week, week and a half, two weeks of fun with Outriders, and then it was gone. 
And I was like, you know what? That's a great point. Like, I shouldn't hold it against that. It, uh, we haven't played Outriders in, you know, months or whatever. So when we went to SGF a couple weeks ago and they had World Slayer there, me and Bless sat down and played together for a demo. And it was one of those where I think it was a full-on hour demo, maybe even longer than that. And, like, 25, 30 minutes in, we I texted Bless and we put it on the controllers. And they were like, don't you want to keep going? We're like, no, we do, but we'll wait for the thing. Like, we're in. We're It's more Outriders. That's going to be fun. That's what we want to do with it. And so, yeah, you know, it dropped last week. We did a sponsor stream, which is what uh, Barrett just had up there. Uh, but, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. And it was a great refresher on why I think Outriders is a lot of fun to play with your friends and stuff. And, you know, we ran the gamut with it where Mike, of course, doesn't care at all about the story, but is in for blasting and tearing things apart. Being blessed watching uh, some of the cutscenes and seeing what, you know, y'all people are up to and you know it succeeds at what it's trying to do it's a fun cooperative three-player shooter to run around and use these cool powers and like you're saying you know andy min max right where this has you know the ascension points now it has these packs points like there's a new skill tree for you to get with this update to go through augment your play style they have you know if I'm a Borderlands fan, so this is what I go to. I know a million other games have it. Shield points or whatever in uh, Division. Uh, badass uh, points in Borderlands, right? So even once you're max level and you've done your whole skill tree, now you have this thing that's just this endless cycle of, well, add, you know, point percent of uh, damage to everything. Or now you do this kind of skill, you know, point percent of a skill leech when you kill people this way or whatever. So there's a lot in there if you do want to keep playing, if you do have a great, you know, uh, team to run with. And it was that same thing for me where... We enjoy, I had a great time playing with it. You know, it, we finished the World Slayer uh, actual DLC, like the story part of it, uh, in the three hours we were streaming. Obviously, there's a ton more to do. There's a ton more to unlock in terms of uh, uh, skill trees and stuff like that. And I did that thing where I, I you know, everybody stopped and I and left, and I was looking at my thing. I'm like, do I want to platinum this? And I was going through and looking because I'm still right there. Like it's it sounds like you're right there, but there's a whole bunch of like uh, mm. character class things you have to do. And it's that thing where I, I went into an exhibition all, or uh, expedition all by myself to grind or start grinding. And I started and I was just like, ah, now this kind of sucks. Grinding, grinding, you know, going in and killing. I think I, I had something like 750 people to get killed the, the way this with a certain move or whatever. And I was like, this isn't the jam. But if Andy or Mike or Bless or anybody was like, hey, do you want to play Outriders? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's play Outriders. And then I'd work on that there. Because that's what I was already doing when I was playing mm -hmm. with Bless and Mike. I was, you know obviously enjoying the new content, but then also min-maxing and going, all right, cool, let's knock this out. And like, you know, building or setting up my build to actually go into getting that uh, trophy stuff that I care so much about. So like Outriders is still as fun as it ever was. So if you didn't like it when you first played it, I doubt this would bring you back. But I feel like we were all taken aback at the time when Outriders launched, how much we enjoyed it, how everybody was playing that. I remember it was, it, granted, it hit at the right, you know, part of the year at the time uh, in 2021 for us all to be super into it, but it's still there and it's still a lot of fun. I, I, I always be down to play more. Yeah, I, I think what surprised me the most about it was just the amount of content that there was. Hmm. And granted, some of that content is end game stuff that I didn't hit at the when it launched. Um, because last time, last time I played Outriders was at launch and I beat the game and then I uninstalled it because I just, I've yeah. never really been the, even though it's not a games as a service, but I've never been the type of like, even when I played Destiny let me go into the end game sort of stuff. That's never been my jam. I be the story and I'm kind of in and out. Um, but when I hopped in for this one, I was surprised at the amount of content that there was. I was surprised at the amount of cutscene and story, uh, story content that we were hitting. And then when I beat the game and beat this expansion, it then led into this other larger sort of end game 
area that I wasn't expecting to be there. I thought the game would end and that's kind of about it. But it has this full other section where you're in this new area and there are like three different areas that you can enter that I presume would have their own sort of um, challenge rooms or, you know, horde uh, sort of rooms where you do sort of try to get the best loot and try to, um, you know, just unlock the and make your character the best that you can make it. I was pretty surprised at it. It is $40, and I do think that it is, at this point, kind of worth those $40 because I, I, I think initially I was like, damn, 40 that's pretty steep. We're just getting story content and a couple of extra weapons, but it went a bit deeper than I was expecting. And I think what the game does great is it understands that some of these games can be really inconvenient and it just kind of knocks all that bullshit out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you can reset your skill tree whenever you don't have yeah. to have a certain amount of currency or an item to go talk to somebody to reset it. It's just right there. You open up the skill tree. You can just hit reset whenever you want. Um, I think the amount of times that it allows you to update your build and augment it the way you want uh, again, I think it just kind of takes away a lot of the bullshit. Like, if this game launched in 2008, it'd be a pain in the ass to get through. <laughs> because it'd be all of the sort of um, laborious type of, of the tasks. That, yeah, the, the, the smaller stuff that they gamify in a way. But I think that the, just knocking all of that stuff out and sticking to what the game is great at. And that's a a really damn fun third person shooter. Like I, I have a lot of fun with this game. I have a lot of fun challenging myself and trying to go through at the, the highest tier I can make it. And if I lose, it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll drop down and hopefully I can get good enough loot to then go back up to the next, uh, higher tier. Um, yeah, I just think it's really damn well crafted and on PC, it runs so much better than it did at launch. Oh, yeah. Um, I had like no performance issues whatsoever, um, which is great because, you know, you'd expect a year and a half later for them to kind of <laughs> iron out a lot of those issues. But I was really surprised at how well it ran. And it's just a, it's just a fun ass time. It's fun finding the right weapon you like, the right uh, pair of weapons and trying to build your powers around what makes those weapons really work uh, in tandem sure. with each other. And, and again, being able to go through, like you're saying, fill out your skill tree or reset it and go back and build it around yeah. and like, move your perks in and off. Like it's, this I is, felt like I was in World of Warcraft again to, or Greg, where I'm like Googling yep. uh, uh, Technomancer build, like, I'm, like <laughs> on YouTube looking it's, for the best builds and shit. It's a trite thing. Cause it's, it's that way for any video game, but mileage will vary. Cause like comments right now in the trog chat live here on patreon.com slash kind of funny games are, is the price too high? You know, blah, blah, blah like what do you want out of it like for me as a story player right like 40 bucks to play through a three hour long story is like "Mm." but if i was jumping in for the first time and i was going through because i remember playing outriders the first time around which by the way of course if you're jumping brand into this you'd have all this let alone the game is on xbox game pass so you could play through all that get a feel for it for whatever and then you have to pay the upgrade for world slayer world slayer is not included but the base game is uh when I did the first thing, Andy, I was right there with you when I played Outriders the first time around where it was not only having the best build, but then at the end where you can roll the different perks on the different weapons, going through and setting that for whatever my main like loadout for powers and skills were to then do what you're talking about to go challenge myself with higher tiered exposition, expeditions, expeditions, exp- expeditions and have that fight and get those better awards and do all that stuff. This time around, I ran through with you with the guys and you know did the story stuff and 
if you were down to play more, Andy, then it'd be a different conversation or something like that. You know, if, if I had a group that was going to go play it and hang out with it, I'd be cool with it. If you were just going to run through the story in the setting like we did, then it's like, well, it's 40 bucks worth I, it I, to you. Like, it all depends on how much it. you think you're going to play it. <laughs> I, I already uninstalled it. I was doing all the expedition stuff to try to get good loot for what I knew was going to be like, all right, these are the final moments of the boss fight. And maybe that's where I found the value was, I think possibly I'm thinking the $40 value I'm getting from post-game stuff when the game came out at launch and also the more the most recent dlc which was i believe a free yeah, dlc free. called expeditions i think actually um so i think maybe i'm getting some of the value kind of crossed up there because i'm i'm getting a lot of playtime out of stuff that wasn't in this current iteration of the dlc uh but i got several questions on twitter like hey should i hop in i wasn't really feeling it if you didn't like it at launch you're not gonna like the game you're yeah. it, it, the game is what it is it's you're not going to get uh, an, inc- you know, a marginal. You're going to get a marginally better story, um, but you're not getting like crazy good. Like holy shit, this is a the type of campaign you really need to play. It's the same shooting you're used to, um, with awesome, uh, the very similar enemies. They introduce like one different enemy type, which is pretty disappointing, because um, that. I was expecting to see a bit more than that. And it was just a lot more of the same enemies, the dudes and the alien creatures. Go ahead, Tim. The executioner. So I remember when we when the game first came out, I also enjoyed it. The gunplay was great. It just kind of felt good. But the consensus for everybody seemed to be kind of like the story or whatever. I couldn't care less about these characters. You are now into this. and you're, You enjoyed your time with it. What could an Outriders 2 do? Would it do anything? If they announced Outriders 2, would you guys be like, oh, hell yeah. I think the most important thing I think that question would be posed best to people that play Destiny and other games as services. Again, this isn't a games as a service, but I saw a lot of talk on Twitter between uh, SkillUp and uh, Paris Lilly and a couple of people who are really into Destiny. And they were like, damn, the framework for Outriders is really goddamn good. It's just missing like that one extra thing. And I don't know if it necessarily... I think if they added better voice acting with a really damn good story, I'd be way more into it because uh, when we get to the cutscenes, I'm just like, it's the same voice actor. It's the same people <laughs> that I'm used to from the last campaign. I just, it's just not very good. I'll go ahead and just skip this stuff. It's like a, an action movie that you just kind of don't really care about, but you're right. there for the, for the cool scenes and the cool, the helicopter crashes and shit like that. Uh, it's just, it's kind of very, very, mid you know so like yeah let's add some better voice acting if you told me that like similar to what bioware did over the weekend where they got the writer from guardians of the galaxy on board at bioware to work on the next mass effect if there was some sort of acquisition like that i'd be like all right outriders 2 was kind of working on the one weakness that they had because the game is so solid even then the problem would be like you run into this thing of well what do you want out of that experience like the reason I think Outriders works so well for all, I shouldn't say all of us, but the majority of us, right, is that it's that action movie. It is that thing to jump around with your jump into with your friends and not have to pay attention to the cutscenes and just run through it. So I think they get into this weird spot where if it, it was that they wanted to hang their hat on having new narrative director and leads and voice acting, it's still a thing that jabronis like Mike are going to skip and just want to go shooty shooty shoot stuff, which is good. But like to your point, I think different enemies would go really far, you know, really shake up the environments. At the very end of this one, right, there's this cool thing they do with like this. Dome 
biome thing that you go in and out of in a cutscene. I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool to play more with that and have more biomes like that and have that spread out. I think it'd be cool, you know, it, even though we're complimenting for how easy it is to reset your skill tree and go through and make a build and yada, yada, yada. Part of it is like making choices that are meaningful. And so I think maybe if you cared more about your character, you were more invested in what you're doing, like that could go somewhere with it too. I th- I think a couple different um, aspects that would make the gameplay more interesting, although it would probably hinder me who likes playing this game solo for that challenge, having more, uh, I guess, varied approaches to what these expeditions could be as opposed to just shoot everything until they die. And I love, sure, sure. I've always loved that about the Destiny raids. I've always loved the, I think I'm the only person who maybe likes a lot of the platforming aspects of Destiny. But <laughs> I like the, um, like, for example, there's a there's that game that we played earlier in the year that me and Mike got really into called GTFO. And there are moments of that where uh, GTFO is a game where it's a co-op shooter, but you have to be super stealthy in a ship with aliens that are horrifying and they will wake up if uh, like they'll kind of alert that hey i'm listening for you all you can't be moving at these moments so you have to be super coordinated in those times and it's really damn awesome and there are moments of of that gameplay where you have to do like a almost like a skill check but four players have to go stand on these four spots on the ground and you have to stand there it's not just like Hey, stand near the item while the while the loading bar is going up and down. It's it's like, all right, four players have to go stand over there. You say, hey, I, I have the most health. I have the most shit on me. I'm going to be closest to the fire. I'll go stand over there in that one designated area. And it gets really coordinated. I think if they added things like cool. that, I think it'd be really dope. But that also might hurt the player base because you usually need a really coordinated party and you know that you run into that whole issue of things but i think just adding you more can even dial elements. it down right like right now in outriders it is stand in the circle right and and fight off all the shit like it doesn't have to be as in-depth as a destiny raid but i even appreciate it in like avengers which is not the most coordinated game in the world right of like running around to open the vault you have to go run and stand in the different numbers to get the combination to then run back and fight together to then spread out and go do that kind of stuff like that can be done. Shoot the floating way. things to break the shield around the enemy. You all concentrate sure. on the things, and I'll concentrate yep. on the a little bit of that, whatever. right? Yeah, I think, I, I, but I do think one of the things is interesting, Tim. You know, like if they were, what could they do for announcing Outriders too? And you guys would be like, oh hell yeah, that's already there. That's that's okay. the base reaction when they when if they were you know we did a they do a Square Enix presents tomorrow and they by the way Outriders too we'd all be like oh fuck yeah let's go because we've had so much fun with it. It's more about, yeah, what would you do in the game to take it to another level to make it not feel like a double A game we're all excited for? I don't know. But then again, I don't know if they if they care. Like, do, does that matter? Like, again, this is back to foisting our expectations for growth or what you think of it as an industry or being industry leader, competitor, yada, yada. Like, Outriders did, did what it set out to accomplish. We're going to be a fun third-person shooter for you to play with your friends. Fucking nailed it, crushed it. And like it was so like to say, like, oh, man, it sucks. I didn't have a longer life. Why? There's nothing else to do in it unless you really wanted to go do something with this. So just giving it new content like World Slayer or giving it a brand new you know sequel, I'd, I mean, to sit there and go, oh, hell yeah, yeah. We'd be going, oh, hell yeah, because it's about to be 35 hours of content. We're all going to go and play together and hang out. And like maybe we skip the cutscenes. Maybe they lean more into it being funny, but who knows? I think, come to think of it, there are, uh, I th- 
one thing that could really help is a lower price. <laughs> like now thinking about this $40 expansion and that the fact that when the game came out, it was 60 bucks at launch full price. But wasn't it, wasn't it, it was game pass at launch, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it game pass at launch? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, which I mean, not a get out of jail free card. You're, you're yeah. on other platforms and yada, yada, yada. I just, you know, there is that. Yeah, for I, it. I do think that there are, you know, there are titles like risk of rain two that are, significantly cheaper and obviously don't offer a whole lot in terms of cinematics and cutscenes, but you're getting the meat of the meat of the gameplay. You're getting the most important aspects of it. And I think if Outriders 2 came out and we're like, hey, we're looking to bring out something similar, maybe add different modes, like maybe they do add sort of a uh like a roguelite type mode in the future. Uh and guess what? It's all going to be 40 bucks from here on out. Like we're not no longer going to be a $60 game. Mm. I think the fact of getting excited of a double A game would make me a lot more excited if it were a cheaper game. Sure. It was because yeah. like, if this game came out in February with Elden Ring, I wouldn't be touching it. Like, of course, I'm playing this right now because there isn't a whole lot to play out right now. You know. Yeah. I do know. Do you guys- I had a lot of fun with it? I had a lot of fun with it. Because you've been playing with your Steam Deck. That's right. I've seen it's here. You're holding it. It's real. You can burn in hell. (laughs) Blessings. You can burn in hell. Everybody who doubted me, burn in hell. I hate that that he's like a PC gamer now. I hate that he that he's saying like, yeah. Well, you know what, Tim? This has got the games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been saying it for years, Andy. All right. Don't even worry about it. So. you hate that I'm a PC gamer. You're the one over here talking to me. You're the look at that. There it is. Look at us. He messaged me. Right there, to me. He messaged that's me on you. Steam. <laughs> that's us right there. That's us having a nice little chat about Steam games and playing some PC games. So, Greg, now that yeah. you have it, all right. Yeah. I like that the you last know. second my message of fuck you popped up. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an ongoing joke for the it feels like it, the last year, but it was probably just the last three weeks or so. Months, yeah. uh, but we've been talking about you getting your Steam Deck and how Parasol only takes pictures of his Steam Deck and yeah. all this stuff. Have you been playing games? on your steam deck my, I, i'm a proud to report sam i have been playing games on my steam deck and i'm wow. having a great time with it all right i've done one personally couldn't which is click mm-hmm. on a game start it and then play the game yeah, now have i also been posting a lot of photos of my uh, home screen and stuff like yes of course i have i don't know if you barrett if you want to bring up my twitter from today of course living my best timeline i went through did the emulation stuff got uh, no mercy wwf no mercy oh yeah you know what i mean so there it is i'm ready to go I've been, i played a match there did exactly what i did when i was you know a little Greggy in high school with mm-hmm. WWF No Mercy went and had Mankind fight Triple H Raw right there, bam, ready to go. Still got it, Andy. I beat his ass. I beat the game. Don't worry Good. about it. We got him. Got him pinned. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, it's been you know exactly what you'd expect it was. Where I got it, I was super excited. I turned it on, and the first thing I did was go through all not even all the hoops. It's incredibly easy to get emulation up and running on it. Got Ghostbusters on the Sega Master System. <laughs> got it today. Went and got WWF No Mercy. Uh, but what my main time sinks have been so far are Moon Globe, which is a game that you know I was super excited about in the run up to its launch on Xbox and PC. Um, uh, and then what happened is, of course, I had a I had a I had a son. Mm. 
the second love of my oh, life. We're doing okay. Great. Now we're starting this. <laughs> great. Uh, and so Ben timed out with Moonglow Bay, which meant I was playing it on Xbox, but also falling asleep because I was exhausted in the him being a newborn. And when I was playing Moonglow Bay, I Moonglow Bay uh, at launch, I kept being like, "Man, this is fun and great, but it'd be so perfect on the Switch. It'd be so perfect a handheld uh, thing." And I know obviously there's remote play and a whole bunch of different ways to get around it, but I I didn't even with my backbone, I didn't do it. And so when the Steam Deck became a, a thing on the horizon, I was like, that is number one priority for me is to get back into Moonglow Bay. And I've been doing that. You know, uh, it's exactly what I want it to be, where Jen's watching alone on the big TV and I'm sitting there uh, playing Moonglow Bay, which is, a, if you don't know, uh, of course, it's the Greg Miller kind of game, Andy. Uh, you know, I, my partner got lost at sea. <laughs> it's been three three years. I'm, in a dep- I'm depressed. And so I find my daughter comes. She gets me out of the house and I go back to fishing and I'm going to turn our village around. By doing this. I'm going to go fi- look at look at how sad she is already. That's look. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you go out, you fish. In the, you know, this is this like voxel world, right? You go out, you fish, uh, you come back, you make recipes, you put them in your vending machine. People buy them. They give you money that you can then spend on upgrades and doing the different fish stuff. suffer some de- from depression too Jeez. exactly well the whole town is depressed right like wow. I, have to, I have to pull like look at how sad she was right Damn. see this is who did your which partner did you lose Welcome um back. and then you get quests for side quests from the different people and main story quests from the people of they want a specific dish that reminds them of their family or this that and the other and you go make it and you get you know uh, rewards and points and push the story that way uh you also you know have a there's a museum where you're or i guess aquarium where you come in it's just like animal crossing you donate the new fish you find that way you fill out the museum thing there uh you're also investing in local businesses after you help them out so you are you know uh, bringing the city back to life with your fishing and getting over your own depression and stuff like that uh, i love it it's a super fun game it's super chill which is what i like obviously a lot about it where it is just go out there and fish you know and again i it sounds uh, like I, a blast yeah shut up all right sorry it isn't all about <laughs> killing all right you ever think about that it isn't all about pulling a trigger you sick fuck <laughs> all right but uh i am using it the same you know greg way of you know what do i want to do today do i want to focus on a quest or do i just want to go out and get a bunch of different fish and you know come back put them all in this thing make my money it, it's got that moonlighter vibe to it which i love so much of going out doing the act, act action coming back and then one of the things i can't comment enough on and i've felt this way since launch right is that the cooking mini games they do are actually really fun I think it'd be super simple to go in there and have them be just a basic tap button, uh, have it be nothing. You just hit the button and it does it for you. Yeah, exactly. The way they do it here, right, is like, you know, you come in, you have to get the fish out, you have to clean the fish, and there's a different thing for washing it. You have to chop up the fish. There's a different mini game for that. Cooking, frying. I know, I'm a moron. I see Tim trying not to. No, no, it just, it just, you sounded like you were quoting uh, some lines from Silicon Valley, but Ah, if you know, you know. know. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, you know, you go sell the stuff. So it's like, you want to pad out your bank account that way? Do you want to do this? How do you want to go? So I've been playing that uh, primarily, and I've been enjoying that quite a bit. But then on top of that, uh, the one, the only, Brian Altano from IGN.com when I had been tweeting about getting a Steam Deck uh, on its way had texted me and was like dude if I think there's a game called uh, Dismantle that I think you would really fucking vibe with and you should get it when you get your Steam Deck and I was like all right cool totally uh steam deck got here first thing I did uh, and when I started installing stuff was buy Dismantle and I didn't start it actually until today like finally this morning I was like oh man Gamescast coming up I want to get in there yes Tim how do you spell dismantle? You spell dismantle with a Y, D Y S M A N T L E. It is on everything. It is on Switch. It is on Xbox. It is on PlayStation. It is on iOS and Android now. And the idea, as you see here, is that you come out of your little shelter and you find a world inhabited with uh, zombies and all these things. And so 
It is an action RPG that also has crafting, but a lot of places I've seen describe it as a crafting game, which crafting is a major component of it, but it's not like a survival crafting game, which is when Brian recommended it, that was my first thought. Is like, oh man, is that going to be the thing? It isn't. It's third person, as you see right there, you know, uh, almost isometric, but you can spin the camera around and you go out and you fight the monsters and you, you know, you can, the, one of the, I guess the hooks of it as I was reading about it after I started playing it and fell in love today is that like 99% of the, the, everything in the world is destructible. So like you're going through and you smash the trash can with your uh, crowbar, which gives you metal, which you can then use to, you know, eventually upgrade your crowbar. You know, you'll get other stuff to fix your backpack. You go in, there's a, there's a giant skill tree that as you level up your character, right, you can then unlock these different things to go and, you know, make a baseball cap that'll make you more better on defense here or a bag of blood that'll, you know, give you more HP and like... There's all these different things to go on, let alone a great checklist of things to go do for the story stuff, let alone, you know, there's radio towers, which whatever, you know, another game with radio towers. But the way it works is, and Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this was invented by uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, where you fight, the, you fight the monsters and kill them. And then if you go to your campfire and sit at that, you like obviously heal up yourself, but then the monsters are back, just like in Fallen Order. And so that's all well and good of having them back but you can eventually go and craft the upgrade that when you take over a radio tower you can install the thing and then it'll permadeath in that area so you don't have to worry about things coming back it's similar to what i was just talking about in terms of what do you want to do in uh, uh bay in a very different way it's a similar vibe here for me of cool i'm just going through and collecting shit and trying to upgrade my backpack i'm just upgrading this i've been in the opening area pretty much all day where I've just run around and I'm trying to level up as much as I can on my stuff and make my stuff as good as possible before I really set off on the major thing, which I got the, the, I don't even know this. I think, uh, steam's copying PlayStation. I didn't know this. They have steam achievements, which are a lot like PlayStation trophies. And I got one today for you know, the, I'm killing the first major boss to then get off on your way and do it. There's a dodge roll in it, Andy. I'm just oh. putting it out there. I love how quiet Andy's been where he's like, I'm not even gonna engage with this fucking bullshit. I love it though, Grant. Good for you. Good Thank for you. you. I, I hope you stick with this. I feel like the, the Steam Deck is super awesome. Obviously, everyone yeah. is, is big into it. But like I, this seems like a dream come true type situation for you. Where especially sure. and it's, kid now. Of course. And that's the thing about it, right? And on top of that, this is a big this is crazy. For the first time in two and a half years, this is a huge travel month for me. Like, I'm on the road mm -hmm. three weeks in a row. And so, like, it happened today where we were like, man, we got to review a, a game coming up, Redacted, even though I'm sure you can start putting it together pretty quickly. Uh, and I was like, man, what code do I want to request? And I requested the PC code. Whoa! I was like, Will it work on Steam Deck? I don't know. Will it work well on Steam Deck? I also requested a, a PlayStation code as well. But will it work wow. on Steam Deck? I don't know. So I want to make sure that if it does, I can play it on the plane be ready to go. The battery I've, life fucking sucks on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I've heard. Surprising everybody, and I know there's different min-max it and do this fucking thing and yada, yada, yada. But like Moonglow Bay, a game you just saw that, first off, runs pretty bad on Xbox, at least at launch, probably been patched a million times, but runs great on Steam. Two episodes of Alone. That's that's barely two hours, I had, or not even two hours. I had to plug it in and have it going from full 100% down to it panicking. But then today I've been running Dismantled all day, and I guess right now it's like starting to look like, hey, yo, I could use some help, but it's not terrible. Really quick on Dismantled, I just, uh, yeah, uh, please. because uh, we drove past it. This is going to sound not like a compliment, but it is. But to me game, or the game? Uh, to the game. Um, okay. It looks like 
one of those mobile ads for a mobile 100%. game where they like they use this to try to hook you in to like oh this is like what the gameplay is going to be and then it's just like a, a fucking like match three game and that's how Alyssa gets got all the time where she's like yeah oh this looks like a fun game and then it's just a match three and then she's gotcha. for 100 hours exactly but then you know this is just the actual game so like shout out to that that's cool yeah for me that was one of the things again like where i saw it and brian sent it and i went and looked at it like, Ugh, a survival game usually not my jam and then yeah this looks like a basic kind of mobile game and then you get in there it's like oh this is a stylistic choice and there are a lot of systems here not overwhelming by any stretch of the imagination not you know triple a you know last of us con- console kind of shit but like there's enough in there that it is a meaty game that i'm like oh fuck i i, I am you know pinning the recipes to my thing and it's where i am not advancing because i'm like well let's just work on getting this done let's 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 get this thing done and then we'll move the plot forward a little bit or why not bank all this stuff why, right now all the resources are you know fertile and i can get around and get it barrett but i yeah. thought you're gonna say like on the left side of the screen the dude would have been killing like those zombies or whatever but on the right side the dude has like a crazy big sword and it's like level one <laughs> and level 50 <laughs> like on the right side everybody's getting just absolutely destroyed like vampire survivor God, style yeah, yeah, that's yeah. every goddamn mobile ad i see like here's what you are level one but you could be this it's like i'm not even you that at level one yet i haven't downloaded the You're game a level <laughs> one street thug but you could be a level 100 boss you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, vampire vampire survivors. Survivors. you want it just like you wanted you told me yeah. so i did it yeah. Hey, I know you guys don't need to hear this from me, but Andy Cortez was right. I've been playing a little bit of that of that Vampire Survivor. Woo! What a video game. It's a, the a perfect pick up and play. It's just a good time. And I think the time limit helps so much with it where you're like, you know what you're committing to, you know? And you just get in, have some fun, and then you think about it the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, are you, cool. are, are you thinking about uh, Steam Deck? Yeah, I, I don't think I am. I don't think I need it. I, I, it's one of those things I'm sure wow, I okay. enjoy it. I, Do you uh, need it? Do we need any of this stuff? I mean, you, play, you play handheld Switch, games. You know? the, so here's the thing, though. I I rarely play handheld. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then. I, I am more of a TV person, even with, with Switch. Like, I played Cuphead on Switch, but I played it on TV for 90-something percent of it. Uh, but... I will say, and I've been saying this a lot recently, that like, and everyone that's listening to the show knows this about me. I'm a big fan of tech. I'm a very, very, very big fan of OLED technology. And the OLED switch has completely changed the way I see the switch in terms of handheld, where I force myself to play handheld sometimes just because I'm like, it is going to be a ridiculous experience where the quality of the screen is so high that I don't know if I can go to the Steam Deck. I know it's a higher resolution. I know I'm playing video games that have higher fidelity, but like, I just care too much about this. And Nintendo knocked it out of the park. The screen is beautiful. So I, uh, until the Steam Deck has OLED, I don't know that it's something that I'm going to be thrilled about playing, especially because I'm not the biggest handheld gamer to begin with. So um, that's kind of my thing that is uh, very unique to me because I have a problem. And I understand that. But the first step is understanding you have the problem. You know what I mean? Good luck to or uh, good news for you, Greg. Hyperlight Drifter is Steam Deck compatible. So, Whoa! About that. If I buy Hyperlight Drifter on one more platform, on your recommendation, it still don't start it. I just can't, I just can't do it, Andy. <laughs> I have it on Switch. I have it on PlayStation. I have no excuse. Fucking commit. Just commit, Greg. Go drift, man. Go drift. Can't do it. Let us know in the comments below if you have drifted or are ready to drift, and if you are excited that Greg Miller has joined the PC community. I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you, God bless controller buttons. You know what I mean? 
You know, I'm glad that now that the Steam Deck's here, people who play PC can actually see how you're supposed to play games. Not oh, Wazda. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm moving. I'm moving in a straight line back and forth, straight left and right. Like, what the fuck, man? You got 360 degrees. Go somewhere. Have some fun. Go I somewhere. Play, I play keyboard mouse only for shooters. I play everything else with the controller. Well, it seems like then we should really switch you over for shooters because nowadays you can use controller for shooters too. Did you know that? That shit sucks, though. No, <laughs> no, seen, you're have wrong. you seen how I've evolved? Jesus Christ, dude. We're about to do your on ego. Patreon your ego exclusive post show. But for everyone else, I love you all. Goodbye.